Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. We got a letter saying, denied, you have 15 days to leave the country. Ultimately, every cell in my body was telling me to get on that horse and ride home. When uh, Philippe told me he was going to do Canada to Brazil, I didn't believe. That's why 95% of the people who have ever written me never set off. It just got stronger and stronger the older I got. I was very scared, very scared. Just convincing people that a 20-some-year-old kid who had no previous experience long riding could pull off one of the longest and most arduous rides of the 21st century. And that's when my life fell apart. The bruiser started barking and threw me off. Got a huge slit in my pants. I think my finger is broken. The deepest scars I have in my soul came from all that time that I spent alone. It's the perfect recipe for craziness. So this is um, Naomi. I'm gonna take her on one last ride and uh, hopefully she'll make it all the way to Brazil with me. Of course, there's always the traditional challenges of mountains, jungles, disease, insects, carnivorous beasts, and very dangerous human beings. Are you the guy that's riding to South America? Yeah. Well, good luck, man. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 442. Currently doing the festival rounds in the US is The Long Rider, a documentary that tells the story of journalist and horseman Felipe Lite, who in 2012 undertook a 25,000-kilometer journey from Calgary, Canada, to his family's home in Brazil. A film almost 10 years in the making, The Long Rider, is the chronicle of a dream that became a journey and a journey that became a pilgrimage, told with startling intimacy and impressive craft. And joining me today to talk about The Long Rider is the film's director, Sean Cisterna. Sean, I thank you so very much for your time today. Thank you, Matt. It's an honor being here. It's really interesting just looking at Felipe's story. So let's just put this into the context as what exactly is happening here with his story. So he was born in Brazil, but then he and his family moved to Canada when he's nine years old. Um, but then there's this struggle for his family and himself um, to gain um, permanent residency, they can call it, they call it. Is that pretty much the thing that kind of like spurred on this kind of journey of his? Because I know it's always a dream, but it's usually with a dream, you need something to kind of kickstart it into gear, isn't it? Is that kind of like the thing where he said, well, you know, if I might need to be leave the country, I'm going to do it in my way, and my way is to do it on horseback. Is that pretty much the way that kind of went down with Felipe? 
<laughs> I think you you got it. Yeah, I mean, maybe the long burning um, spark was the uh, the book that he read as a kid, uh, mm-hmm. Shifley's Ride. It's a story that his father used to read to him about this 1925 era uh, Swiss school teacher who rode horseback from Buenos Aires, Argentina, all the way to the United States. So Felipe grew up with this this myth, this this legend, even though it's a, a real thing that happened in the 1920s. But um, I think that uh, that permanent residency residency issue was the you know the 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 ignition part of the uh, of that spark that was kind of just slowly burning. And um, if it wasn't for uh, for that moment in, in Felipe's family's history, then we uh, we may not have a documentary today. So when it comes to the the story of Ain Shifley and the whole Shifley Rye kind of thing. I find it interesting that sometimes there are things in our lives, whether it be a horseman like Felipe or be a creative person like yourself, a writer like myself, there are things in our lives that kind of just borrow into our consciousness and kind of just stick in there and it kind of develops what who we want to be and what we, we want to do with our lives. For myself, it was when I first saw Serpico once late at night on TV, the Sydney Lumet film. Before then, I watched movies. But post that, I became a film fan, like I wanted to dive into everything film and then write about film and then, you know, 15, 20 years later, here I am. What about for yourself, Sean? Do you have a movie or a moment in your career uh, prior to your career that really spoke to you um, and kind of like how the Aim Shifty story spoke to Felipe that made you want to say, you know what, I want to be a filmmaker? Um, and can you, can you, you know if there was a certain film or a filmmaker or a moment in film that kind of did that for you? Oh, yeah, I can I can pinpoint it. It's... um. You know, it has nothing to do with with the long rider. But um, when I was like 13, I saw The Exorcist for the first time. And that oh, was one of my favorite films. When I really started paying attention to the craft of filmmaking. I mean, if you, you know, it, it, I don't know if you work in film or not, but when you are on a film set and you divide the, the script on, into different departments, I mean, every department in The Exorcist just kind of use the utmost creativity to bring that story to life. Like the, the makeup team, you know, had a store backstory behind the makeup. So the, you know, Linda Blair's character, like used the crucifix to put yeah. scars in her face. And uh, the, the, the sound team, um, they, they infused the soundtrack with, uh, you know, the, the buzzing of flies throughout the film and, and, and very creative ways to bring um, the, the demon's voice to life by tying Mercedes McCambridge, a voice actor, um, to a chair and feeding her raw eggs just to produce these, these vocalizations. So, I mean, every department in in that film just came together to um, adhere to the themes of that story. And that's when I really started to pay attention to the craft of filmmaking for sure. Interesting. Interestingly enough, the Exorcist came out of saying you as Serpico in 1973. So, you know, you you and I are are pretty much on on the same kind of starting points there. Um, That was my my golden age of cinema for sure. Absolutely. I I think so too. You know, when it comes to how you came across with Felipe's story, how did you know about his story? By that time, did his book already come out? Did you find out about it from his book? Did you see press about it? Or did this kind of documentary kind of like, you know, thing kind of kind of happen? Did he reach out? So you had it all kind of come about. Um, so I knew Felipe about 10 years before this journey even happened. So we went to the same high school together in okay. a small little rural community in Caledon, East Ontario, Canada. Um, so our former um, teachers introduced us. He was 16. I, I had just come back to do like a guest speaking um, gig at the uh, at the high school. 
And that's where our former teachers kind of introduced us. So when, you know, a few years later, when Felipe undertook this journey, I followed it online. It was, it was as it was happening in, in real time and kind of putting the pieces together. And it wasn't until he got to like Mexico or, or Guatemala that, you know, I kind of put together the, the chronology of what happened with this family's, you know, residency issues and um, why he was going about on this journey. And um, I knew that, you know, if he were to make it to Brazil alive and, and kind of live to tell the tale, then it would be a story that I wanted to reach out and, and connect with him on. And thankfully, he, uh, he, he saw the, the great potential in what he did. And thank God he had the foresight to film everything along his journey. Otherwise, we, would, we, we wouldn't have a, a film to, um, that's so striking to look at today. Interestingly, though, the original plan was to make a feature film, like a feature narrative film, wasn't it? How far along in the process would, did, were you with that before um, you moved along to kind of like the documentary um, road? Um, I think in 2017 or 2018, I connected with him again and, and optioned the right to his first book called Long Ride Home, which tells that that epic story from Canada to Brazil on horseback. And I raised some money for it. I, um, uh, you know, I financed the development of the uh, of the film through the funding system here in Canada. And you know, by 20 early 2020, we had a, an awesome draft of the script ready to go at a partner in Brazil. And then COVID happened and, and borders were shut down. Mm. We could no longer do this co-production between Canada and Brazil. So everything, all that work kind of went on hold. Um, and then Felipe said, well, you know, I, I got all this footage just sitting in a hard drive somewhere. Maybe we could do a documentary first. And so that was our, our COVID project. Not only was it, you know, selfish, selfishly a way for me to spend that, you know, those early days in the pandemic kind of researching and, and watching all the, the film footage from Felipe just to make make the narrative version a bit more rich and um, and lush. But uh, it, the footage was so incredibly compelling that it it stands on its own as, a, as an amazing documentary. So I think that the two can kind of co-exist side by side in the eventual marketplace when the, uh, the narrative comes out, um, you know, whenever that may be. From what I read, uh, Felipe had a GoPro with him, had a couple of cameras as well. And all of this kind of like uh, during this two hour, two years, I should say, uh, journey accumulated to 500 hours of footage. It's your job as the filmmaker getting there with your editor and dwindle down that 500 hours to a 90 meter feature. Okay, so what's the first kind of thing that you kind of say to yourself in order to do that? Do you already kind of have, have an idea of the structure that you want to, you want to uh, undertake? Um, are there some parts of the journey you want to focus more than others? I mean, how do you go about winning down 500 hours of, of footage down, down to 90 minutes? I mean, it, it seems like a such an incredible feat. It's uh, to, to me, it's like a, it's a journey within itself because, um, you know, what they say, some, a lot of times that the film is not made until it's hidden into the editing room. Yeah, that's a great question. So honestly, it all started with a, a, a bit of a map that I kind of put up on a wall. You know, I had a, uh, a map that I bought, I highlighted the route that that Felipe took to to get from his his family from from Calgary to Brazil. And I knew I needed a bit of setup at the beginning, maybe ten minutes worth of setup to kind of tell the story of why he's going on this journey. And then, you know, I just followed the map. And if it didn't, if if some of the footage did not um, directly fall on that timeline of 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 uh, of the journey, if it if he kind of went on a tangent for a bit and and learned a new skill or something like that, it just seemed extraneous and and had to had to make the cutting room floor. 
So there was a bit of a self-imposed rule to to continue to propel the story forward, and um, and, and and use the the actual map as a as an outline for for progressing the story forward. It's interesting that the certain themes and, and things that come up in, in watching the film. I think the first thing that I think a lot of people are really going to like you know, cling to in, in a lot of ways is the story, not only of Felipe, but it's the journey of the horses as well. The horses have uh, like uh, very much characters in the film. And it's funny how Felipe kind of, de- the he describes the horses in the context of say, like um, like pop culture people. Um, so the horses in, in uh, uh, Frenchie, uh, Bruiser, and dude and from what i can remember i think he called frenchie the dwayne johnson of of the group you know because right. he's big and he's strong and he's good looking but he's kind of stubborn as well and he's like takes no takes no uh no nonsense dude i think he called the 007 of, of, of the group i think it was dude i'm not sure it was dude or bruce i'm pretty sure it was dude that he called that so anyway it's like he, he there's clearly there's a connection that he has with these horses and as we're watching the journey we're feeling the connection with them as well his background is very much he's a horseman. His father was a horseman. Um, he grew up with horses. What about you yourself? Did you have any experience with horses at all? Um, and if not, you know, when you're watching this documentary, do you have a different perspective about these animals in regards to, you know, just what they are, especially in the development of humankind? I mean, at the start of the documentary, Felipe is talking about horses were used to do pretty much everything until like the automobile came along. And I think it's something that people kind of forget about in our, our recent human uh, development. Yeah, that was basically my horse understanding as well. Like learning everything through Felipe's eyes. Like I, I am not a horse person myself. I, I wouldn't know how to saddle a horse. Um, I can barely get on one, but I appreciate the... Um, those um, you know millions of people around the world who who have that strong bond with the the equestrian way of life. Um, I, I don't think you need to be a horse person to to love this film. You know, you, I've heard from different um, festival goers um, every time we screen it. Um, you know, certainly there are a lot of horse people that come out, but you know, if if it reminds people of their 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 dogs at home who uh, who um, you know convey that loyalty to their their companion, their their human companions, I mean, that's relatable in and of itself. I think um, just because I'm not a horse person, I just wanted to ensure we made a film that uh, um, that was more universal in nature and, and didn't um, solely focus on the equestrian community because I do think it's a, a universal universal story, especially at times like these where it's so um, there's always such darkness in the news. And, um, you know, after a long two years of, of pandemia, like I just wanted to create something that that audiences can kind of embrace and, you know, fo- uh, root for an underdog char- character to, um, you know, succeed in their, in their quest. I think that's kind of important for times right now. I think that the other, other thing that I took from the movie is that Felipe pretty much encounters the spectrum of humanity through like the lowest of characters to like the most in, um, uh, uh, alluring and, and the most charitable as well. In fact, um, I think there was a quote that he had that I have here that he um, he received a bachelor's in journalism in Canada, but it took him to get on a saddle to learn, have a master's in humanity, which I think is a, is a really interesting kind of a quote right there. Um, when you're watching this footage and you're seeing some of the interactions that he's having, especially with the more hairier aspects of, of humanity, when he hits these more kind of like Mexico and South American countries where there are drug cartels and where they can, you know, it's funny, there's, there's a part in the film where he says, I'm going to Mexico. And friends of his says, oh, you're going to get killed in Mexico. It was like, And he was offended. It's like, oh, how dare you say that? You've never been to Mexico. And then he goes to Mexico and the locals there. So like, 
you're going to get killed in Mexico. You know, that's that's some, that's some, it's funny, but it's kind of shocking at the same time. As you're watching the footage, even though you know that at the end of it, uh, Felipe, for the most part, comes out of it unscathed, are you still kind of like, you know, what the hell is going to happen next, kind of gripping your seat, kind of, um, you know, experience that that I and, and I'm not sure a lot of other people are going to have as well when it comes to some of these um, conflicts and scenarios that he finds himself in? There are often audible gasps in the in the theater when you watch it with a, a large community of people. Um, so I, I think it is quite shocking. We've been we've been taught to to I don't know like fear the unknown of of, of people in in uh, these these um, um, not so oft traveled countries like uh, Honduras and, and Nicaragua. But very very quickly you can get the sense that um, no matter you know, where, where Felipe is on his journey, it's people are responding to his, his character and his, his, his dream to, to get back home to his family. And I think um, no matter who you are, like everybody wants to help that person who's far away from home to, to get back home to their, their loved one. So it's, it's a testament to everybody out there who has been able and, and kind enough to help Felipe on his journey, because um, as, as Felipe says in the film, humanity is good at, at its core and um, you know, I you know, I I can just remember we we screened in Los Angeles the other day at the the Chinese theater, and we had people wiping their eyes at that moment. It was almost like a, a pat on the back for humanity, and uh, I think people needed that reassurance to to hear such a um, you know a you know a, like almost like an epic figure on the big screen to tell to tell all of us in the audience how um, you know how how we are are good at, at our core, and we would help our our fellow human if they if they needed it. Absolutely, because he's sometimes finding himself in the middle of nowhere in, in, in situations that are beyond anything that he can handle. And, and oftentimes he would say that he met a group of people beforehand, he'd have their number, he can call them up and they'll come help him. And I think, um, you know, it goes back to that that saying from a Streetcar Named Desire, sometimes you can rely on the kindness of strangers. And I think it really, really comes to the fore there um, in your movie. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by TeePublic. TeePublic is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, TeePublic is sure to have something you will love. Another thing I took from the movie, you know, it's something I'm sure we all we all know of, is just that how frustrating bureaucracy is, especially when it comes to reaching borders. And I think it was when he was in Panama, he was there for like six months or so before he can even go into Brazil. I mean, that's just crazy in its own. And 
in one sense, you could kind of understand how governments might be, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Have their guard up in regards to some type of travel involving horses and maybe some type of diseases or viruses that might come in there. On the other hand, though, which is such an incredibly frustrating experience, I'm sure for him, especially when he's been given the runaround so many times and he has to pay this amount of money and that amount of money. I found a quote by Albert Einstein of all people, which said that um, bureaucracy is the death of all sound work. And I think it's a it's a really kind of good kind of a illustration in your movie just, of just how that is. I'm sure yourself as a filmmaker, though, who has to work with, you know, financiers, production companies, you know, local councils, uh, distributors, et cetera, that you might have, you yourself might also have also felt that the pinch of bureaucracy as well is something that you can definitely kind of relate to when it comes to, comes to Felipe's uh, journey. I think long riders and, and filmmakers face uh, the same sort of barriers for sure. We often have to um, uh, appear to the uh, appeal to the better side of, of government bodies to, to, uh, to get what we kind of need to uh, propel our projects forward or our, our, uh, our beings forward. But um, we're, we're often at the mercy of those, those governments to make those decisions. But the, the challenge for Felipe was that, you know, the, the, these rules seem to be made up on the spot if they, yeah. if they uh, immediately clear. So um, if you can imagine being, you know, detained at a border, but not having a guideline as to how to to get across that border that imaginary line on a map as he as he calls it but mm -hmm. um so you know when you when you don't when you're faced with a uh, an obstacle like that you um sometimes have to resort to other means to uh to get your horses across uh, safely and these aren't just horses that he uh he um considers them as their 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 family so it's like felipe truly believes like this his horses are his his kids at least uh in his heart and he would not leave his three children Frenchie bruiser and, and dude behind there was a cross uh if he, if he had to seek help through um alternative means to cross a border i mean that that was that was an option i mean those alternative means that you speak of sometimes involves dealing with dubious figures um you know, members of drug cartels. In one case, I imagine a quite quite high-ranking member, considering he comes into shooting new footage and he's this guy's uh, a mansion stuck uh, in the middle of uh, nowhere, South uh, South America. Looked very um uh, very um, imposing. Um, interestingly, though, these people who, and, and by all accounts, uh, could very much be criminals and not in the have best intentions for a lot of people, they treated Felipe with very much respect because I think they saw what he was doing and kind of like the, the mysticism of the of the West and the cowboy and riding on a horse. I think, you know, it, it touched a lot of different people in a, in a lot of ways. What do you think it is about, you know, the Western? I mean, interestingly enough, this is like I've watched two Westerns in the past week. They're actually pretty good, very different movies, but new movies, new Westerns. Not, even count, not counting uh, your movie as well as, as, as one of those Westerns because it's a document. I'm talking about feature films, but but then you count your film in there as well when you see the real Western kind of like journey in action. What do you think it is about the Western that kind of like speaks to so many different people? Is it just a heroicism that goes with it? Is it the link to history um, when it comes to maybe like the, the, the countries that Felipe was writing for? Is there a cultural aspect or a religious aspect to it? How do, what do you think that... that that kind of aspect kind of moves people so much that they would give Felipe almost kind of like a the type of treatment where it just feels like he's like a beetle or something and he's riding down this, the, the the road and there's like thousands of people behind him following on horseback as well. It's remarkable yeah. to see. 
Yeah, it's a wonderful question. I mean, for me, it's the um, the fact that uh, you you don't you you don't come in with any uh, preconceived um, notion about yourself that you're you're better than someone else. You rely on the kindness of strangers, the 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 earth which you're you're walking on, and you're you're not you know buried in a cell phone as you are traveling through this um through one's community so you're actually engaging with your your fellow human your um you're clearly on on, on a quest that isn't um self um you know self yourself grandiosing you're you're just um yeah you're you're a steward of the land and i think that's a romantic thing that we could we should all try to um, maybe employ in our lives a little bit, you know, detached from the, the computer and the, the zoom chats and the, um, and, and your screens for a bit and, and connect with the land. And I think it's just a, a noble thing that you don't quite see these, this day and age. Um, and so I think people have responded to that in, in Felipe's quest. Something that I really responded to. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, just that the whole journey was there. There wasn't, it wasn't a single car that he kind of took to, uh, to um, propel himself from one uh, um, city to another. It all had to be, you know, on horseback unless there was a major obstacle. Um, and so I think that that is just so, uh, such a Odyssean sort of quest that you don't see these days. And, and I think um, even the, the hardest of criminals kind of respected his uh, tenacity and um, wherewithal to make that happen. And one thing that really really incredible spoke to me is that it seemed like this film as i said in my um, this journey as i said in my introduction became very much kind of like a spiritual pilgrimage for felipe so he started off saying in the documentary that he started off the journey as an atheist and he ended up as a believer and um you know this this there are cultural aspects to that of course his background is brazilian um his father is a very religious man i think of the catholic religion of course when it comes to brazilians and such um but it seems to me that he really did feel that the spirits were with him throughout this um, journey. Um, and, and, you know, interesting as well that he was actually carrying the ashes of, of, a, of another rider with him, uh, the sister of a man, one of those kind strangers that helped him along the way. Um, and he felt that really her spirit was kind of like a guiding force in, in, in a lot of that. Um, how did you kind of like look at that as well in regards to his, not only his journey, but also as a really cool kind of, way to tell the story as well. I think it's a really cool way to kind of bring an arc to Felipe's character uh, on the screen. Um, it really really does work in regards to, you know, you, we talk about going from point A to point B um, in regards to a physical journey, but there's a definitely like a spiritual aspect to it as well, I think. Yeah. I think with all the, the time spent alone on, on the road, I think Felipe needed to have that that belief that something else was perhaps looking out for him or guiding him in some capacity and i think that's uh you know if it hadn't been for his reading of of shifley's ride when he was you know a young child he wouldn't have had shifley kind of looking out for him or that knowledge that he imparted uh at the, at the dangerous times upon his quest where he could hearken back to what he learned to help save him in a in a predicament or to have Naomi's ashes there, this guardian angel figure that um, that he could kind of talk to along the journey. I mean, almost think of it like uh, like uh, Wilson in, in Castaway, mm. kind of have that uh, that um, that you know inanimate object to share a journey with, um, without the, having that uh, outlet to continually speak to or share your thoughts with along this journey. I think it would drive anyone insane, and I think Felipe needed that regardless of your own 
personal spiritual beliefs um, that 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 worked for Felipe and that that uh, that helped him get through the most difficult of situations. So Felipe, this is the the first of three long rides that Felipe kind of undertook. Is there potential of doing three documentaries to chronicle all of these? I mean, did he shoot footage for those other um, long rides as well? Have you talked to him? You know, is there any plans in regards to having those put placed on film as well? Because I know he's got books about him, but I love to see uh, more films, especially looking at a Felipe who, you know, not to give anything away, but after this particular journey, he went from some real personal and psychological struggles in um, it'd be interesting to see exactly what Felipe comes out, what came out of that and went back on horseback again. Because I think, you know, once we watch, watch that 90 minute journey, it kind of feels like, you know, we are with him in, in many ways. Um, as not only see him as a, as a personality on the screen, but him as a human being. I think it's just really interesting to see how that journey kind of develops. I mean, it's strange. I've been reading some of the reviews that have been coming up from different festivals, and you know, we had one reviewer said they they it was too short. They they wished it was longer, and that's mm. never a quote that I hear in any sort of review. Um, they they were involved so much in the in the storytelling. They they wish they had more. So that's always an, an amazing compliment to get as a as a filmmaker. But um, you know, what the 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 challenges, you know, just even though there's hours upon hours of footage, uh, we just wanted to tell that journey in, in one sort of documentary. Um, we have more time in the narrative uh, to, to, to work on three separate journeys. Should the first one be a, a hit and the, the documentary find a, a wider audience um, because Felipe wrote three different books, one from Canada to Brazil, one that tells his journey from Brazil to the Southern tip of Argentina and one from Alaska back to Calgary, kind of where it all began. So each journey has its own, um, you know, kind of hero's quest that um, that kind of fits perfectly, uh, aligns perfectly with the, the the Greek myths of the past almost. And we can kind of follow that template and, and uh, create um, interesting, new and interesting ways of telling that story. Um, so I think we'll... We'll have to save the the trilogy for the the narrative version and, and make it a big kind of spectacle. When it comes to um, getting that film out there, I know you just had the premiere to Dances with um, with Films Festival in LA, and you're just talking about that the man's Chinese theater. You were showing the the film there, which I'm sure would have been spectacular because of the, just the the, the, the cultural uh, aspect of it. As, as a filmmaker, you would have been as a a great opportunity for you to show your film then and would have been a great experience as well. Um, what what other plans are there to get the film out there? Are we looking at more festivals? Have we any news yet in regards to distribution or anything of, of that sort? Because I can't imagine that no one wouldn't want to get their hands on this movie because I thought, I think it's just terrific. I think it's a movie that a lot of people have uh, will have a lot of uh, will get a lot out of because it's just one of those um, documentaries that's really life-affirming and, and, and spiritually affirming and just something that people really need to see, I think. Oh, Matt, I wish I could hire you as a, as a gatekeeper of some kind, because that's a beautiful thing to say. Yeah, I mean, that was that's my thought as well. I do think the world is primed for this sort of material, like I said, especially after, you know, suffering through two years of being socially distant. I mean, here's mm. a film that comes along that makes everybody feel good, and you get to experience travel in, in a way that, you know, hasn't been done before. And it's very difficult now to cross borders and to take flights and to deal with airplanes. But um, through Felipe's story, we get to experience these different cultures and um, communities uh, along his journey. But um, 
No, so we were waiting for our, our um, Hollywood premiere to kind of uh, kickstart the distribution process. So we have distribution in Canada already lined up. Uh, we hit theaters here in Canada uh, at the end of the month. Um, and then our, our, we just brought on a U.S. sales agent uh, for them to start doing their work to bring it to the rest of the world. So, uh, you know, Canada's covered. That's how we kind of financed the film and, and made it. But the rest of the world is now open. And uh, I think our salespeople will do a, a fantastic job connecting with uh, like-minded countries in, in not only the English-speaking world, but the, the Spanish-speaking world, the Portuguese-speaking world, the, those uh, who like, um, who respect horse culture, um, you know, there's a love story in there. There's a family story. So I think it'll it'll resonate in, in a lot of cultures around the world. Well, for everyone out there listening, if the long rider does come your way in the festivals or or any aspect, I really encourage people to check it out. You can actually go to uh, Facebook and Instagram. The long rider um, pages are available there for people to check out and um, see any type of up- updates. Um, and you can also go to www.longriderfilm.com uh, for updates as well in regards to the film. And I really recommend, you know, people do check this film out if it does come um, their way because um, it's it's an incredible journey. It really is. And it's just a, a movie that really, I don't know, there's something about it that really kind of maybe it's just the, the mythological aspect of the Western or just Felipe's journey or just the intimacy about it in a way that you guys put it together. I mean, to put together two years worth of journey in like that many hundred hours into a 90 minute feature is incredible feat on his own. Um, and to see it all come together in the way that yourself, Sean did it and the way that Felipe kind of shot it and, and such, I think it's just, it's really an incredible film. So I really do hope, hope nothing but the best for you in getting this out there and getting that distributor and um, cause it's worthy uh, more than worthy to out there. Cause trust me, I've seen some really, really bad films get uh, get those deals. And your, your film is exceptionally good. It's one of my favourite films of the year so far. And I really do hope nothing for the, but the best for you, Sean. And um, thank you so much for your time today. It's been fantastic. Oh, that's really a beautiful thing to say, Matt. I appreciate it. You know, every, everybody has a dream. And uh, as Felipe says, you need to to take that first step. Without taking that first step, you're, you're never going to accomplish your dream, no matter how big or small it is. So I think that's the ultimate message that this, this film has. And everybody out there does have their own personal dream. So yeah, thank you for your, your kind words. <laughs>